What up, it's your boy Cool Shep. This podcast is brought to you by my boy Joey T and Tyrese Maxi. But right now, you know, we just maxing on the courts, hailing from the streets of South Philly. Sometimes it gets a little hectic out there. But right now, we go up you on how we just chill. What is going on, Sixers fans? Welcome back into another edition of Trust the Podcast. I am your host, Joe Tuman, as always. The Sixers are coming off a very up and down weekend homestand here. Friday night, they defeated the Milwaukee Bucks, the 11 and 4 best team in the Eastern Conference, Milwaukee Bucks, 110 to 102. Before tonight on Saturday, at the time of this recording, they lose a close one, 112 to 109 to the Minnesota Timberwolves, who now have the same record as us. We are both 8 and 8 on the season. Now, the Sixers. Coming into the Milwaukee game on Friday, they were already without James Harden. We knew that. He's out for about a month with that foot strain. But then Tobias Harris was announced to be out of action with with hip soreness, and he missed both games this weekend. Then, the pride of the Sixers. The legend himself, Tyrese Maxey, unfortunately went down with a partial fracture of his foot. So he's going to be sidelined for close to a month as well. And then tonight, against the Timberwolves, Embiid... Uh, tripped over George Yang, and it looked like he suffered a serious injury for a second. But then he got up, shook it off, played the rest of the game. And then even P.J. Tucker also left late in the game, and George Yang uh, finished the game out in his place, which I was happy with because he was playing better than P.J. So overall, all five Sixers starters uh, either dinged up or out with injury. Three of our best four players not playing. And, you know, with Embiid missing all that help, that makes his performance this weekend even all the more impressive to me because after you know obviously he had the absolutely incredible game against Utah last Sunday he's been playing really well over the past two weeks and these last two games he was once again absolutely spectacular I'll start with the Bucks game uh, on Friday because that was the win we did get the win in that game both games this weekend we had to uh, make second half comebacks which you know isn't anything out of the normal in the NBA teams do that all the time but for this Sixers team Especially at home, I thought it was really nice that they were able to, in both of these games, I know we lost against the Timberwolves, but both of these games, they were able to battle back, they didn't show quit despite all the guys they were missing, and I really thought that the the defensive intensity, consistency-wise across the two games, may be the highest I've seen, and I just thought they brought a lot of energy, they brought the fight, they brought the heart, and they showed out in front of the people of Philadelphia who paid good money to come and watch them. And that's all you can ask from the Sixers team because sometimes they don't do that. Sometimes they come out flat. And I was glad to see, even with Harden, Tobias, and then Maxi tonight sidelined, they were able to still uh, pull out all the stops in both of these games. So in this Bucks game, first of all, why were the Bucks wearing blue? The Bucks are not a blue team. They should not be able to wear the color blue, especially against the 76ers who are wearing red. So you had on the on the jump ball for the tip of the game to start the game, you got the Sixers in red on the red side of the Sixers logo at midcourt, and then the Bucks are in blue. They're staying on the blue part of the Sixers logo, like the six, and it just I didn't know what was going on. It looked like this was like it was almost like the blue and white game for Penn State. It was like a inner team scrimmage, but no, the Bucks were wearing blue. I didn't understand that. But with that aside, that was making me mad. But what made me even more mad was when the Bucks went on a twenty-one six run. Uh, early in the first half and pulled ahead at uh, 34-22 at the end of the first quarter, and they were leading at halftime as well. And we came out in the second half, and we just played a lot better. Now, Embiid 
in this game. 32 points, 11 rebounds, 8 assists. He had 3 blocks and a steal. Made 12 of his 26 shots. He, he didn't even get to the line that much in this game. Only 8 times. I talked about this last podcast. And I've been talking about it for a while now. But Embiid, I always say that I think every year he adds something a little extra to his game. A couple years back, it was making that three-pointer a little more consistent. What he's been doing over the past year and a half is that he's become a lot better as a passer. For a long time, a problem with Embiid has been fighting off double teams. Against the Bucks. he was making a lot of good passes. He was doing it last weekend as well. And I think that... I just think he's able to read the double teams better. I know he still had the turnovers in this game. Going against Giannis and Brooke Lopez, it's going to be hard for anybody not to commit a lot of turnovers. But... If you watch the game, don't don't just look at the box score. I really think Embiid was making a lot of good reads with the ball in his hands. And that's going to be big as the season progresses, especially when you don't have certain guys in the lineup like a Harden to create shots for other people. The fact that Embiid is stepping up and doing it himself and getting better at it and recognizing when he should keep it, when he should dump it off to a cutting Daniel House or throw it to, you know, maybe Melton open for 3 at the top of the at the top of the key, whatever it is. I think Embiid's gotten a lot better in that, and I think that's a big part of why he's been playing so well lately. Not not to mention the the phenomenal scoring, but we're we're accustomed to that at this point. Alongside him, Maxi had 24 points in 21 minutes before he went down with the injury, which of course was really unfortunate. But we were still able to pull ahead and win the game by eight points. Uh, Daniel House got the start in Tobias's place on both nights, uh, and you know he got the start against the Bucks last night. Nine points in 31 minutes. My guy, DeAnthony Melton, I continue to be super impressed by. I was even more impressed with him in this Minnesota game, as I'll get to in a moment here. But even against the Bucks, he played 36 minutes, 7 rebounds, 6 assists. He was a plus 6. George Niang's been firing on all cylinders for a while now. He's been hot. He had 17 points off the bench in this game. He got 30 minutes to play, made 4 of his 8 threes. And Shake Milton... <laughs> Anyone who listens to this or even talks to me just in general about the Sixers knows I'm not a big Shake Milton guy, but in this game and then also against Minnesota, Shake Milton was very effective. He had 15 points, was a, uh, a team high plus 17, a team high for the starters and the bench. He had the highest plus minus, even had six assists. Now, I don't think he's that good of a creator, but when he has the ball in his hands for you know more minutes than he's used to, he is going to get those assists. So it's it's nice to see him not just keeping it for himself the entire time. Something I like about Shake Milton, I think I mentioned this a few podcasts ago, I will give him credit that I think he's better when he limits the amount of three-pointers he takes. I'm not saying he should never shoot threes, but when he's more attacking the basket and getting to the mid-range or driving to the hoop, I actually think he's more effective. That's when I think he's most dangerous, and in this in this game, only a third of his uh, shot attempts were from three. Only four of his 12 shots, so he wound up with 15 points and six assists. I call that a success. I'll take that any day of the week from Shake Milton. The one guy uh, I'm a little frustrated with, I think a lot of Sixers fans are frustrated with, I've been trying to give him the benefit of the doubt, but I think I'm going to have to start going with the crowd here. It's P.J. Tucker. He's only shot uh, He only shot once in this Bucks game. I believe tonight he only shot one time as well. That is correct. He only shot one time against Minnesota on Saturday night. He has not scored in the last three games. The reason we paid him, despite his advanced age, is because he looked like a guy who wasn't going to age out of what he was. What was he with Miami and Milwaukee and Houston years past? It's a guy that he plays tough on defense. He's able to guard multiple positions. He rebounds with an energy that few guys of his age really have in general. 
And he's also a very good corner three uh, shooter. He's very accurate from the corner three. That's why Harden loves playing with him uh, in the past in Houston. And that's why they recruited him to come here. Daryl Morey as well loves him. Um, I'm not saying PJ has been... I don't think he's been good. I don't think he's been awful because if you look at his percentages, they're not bad. He's still making more than he's missing, but he's just not shooting. And I get PJ Tucker's not an offense first player. He His career average of points per game is like seven or eight, but we need more than one of those corner threes a game. I was expecting him to be Danny Green with more defensive intangibles and a lot better rebounding. That's what I thought. I thought he was going to bring the the corner threes that Danny Green brought to this offense for two years. But P.J. has not uh, been able to get a lot of shots off. I hope that changes. Can we get him to four shots a game instead of one? One shot for a starter? I don't care what your role is. That's too few. Looking at the Bucks side of thing, uh, things, a, lo- a big story out coming out of this game nationally. Not so much for me. I kind of don't care. But that's the fact that Giannis, you know, he went 4 of 15 from the free throw line in this game. Afterwards, he stayed after in Wells Fargo on the road. He's trying to get some free throws up, led to a scuffle with Montrez Harrell after he pushed the Sixers um, employee's ladder out of the way. You know, I'm usually pro Giannis, so I'm not going to hit as hard on him as most people. I don't think this is a huge deal. I do think Giannis was in the wrong, though. Kind of a rude thing to do. Dude's just trying to, you know, clean up after the game. Why are you... My opinion is, well, why can't Giannis stay after a shoot free throws? Everybody does that. In my opinion, if you're an away team, you know, why are you staying after the game in an arena that isn't your home arena shooting free throws? I don't care if you're Giannis or Alex Len. You know, it doesn't matter what you're standing in the NBA. is. I don't know why a road player is staying after the game for hours uh, when it's not their home arena. Just go home, sleep. Giannis has a wife and a kid. Go spend time with them. I don't know. Wake up. Go to practice the next day. Then you practice your free throws. I there's no reason to be to be st- staying after the game and creating the nonsense that went on. So that's all I'm gonna say about that situation. Drew Holiday had to come off the bench in this game because he was dealing with an injury. Uh, this was his first game back from that injury, so they brought him off the bench as a precaution. You could definitely feel Holiday's impact defensively, but he also didn't look right as well on offense. You know, five of twelve from the field didn't make any of his three pointers. Uh, I will say one guy who's impressed me this year on both ends of the ball, Brooke Lopez, who missed most of last season with the back injury. He's back in the lineup for the Bucks this year, and he's back to being an interior presence for them. Now, he couldn't completely stop Joel Embiid, but he's still very much a, a threat both in the low post, one of the most efficient low post scorers in the NBA as well. You know, he made 40% of his three-pointers in this game, so you have to commend him there, but the one thing the Sixers were able to do, as I mentioned earlier, I thought Melton was able to keep Javon Carter in check. Carter only 3 of 9 from the field. And then Marion Bo- Bochamp, I believe is how you say it. Marion Bochamp, he went 0 of 3 in the starting lineup. He had a breakout game a few games back for the Bucks, but he wasn't able to do much against the Sixers. So I think this was a really hard-fought win for them. I was impressed by it, especially losing Maxi down the stretch. The fact that we were able to take down Giannis and the Bucks, who have been so successful this season. I thought that was really impressive for where this Sixers team is in the season. That brought us into tonight's game against Minnesota, where we did wind up losing. As I mentioned, this was the first game completely no maxi in this game. Looking at this contest, Embiid did struggle a tad from the field, only shot 40%, but he got to the line 20 times, made 18 free throws, still wound up with 32 points, as well as 9 rebounds, 6 assists, and 3 steals. Shake Milton, as I touched on before, he had a good game against the Bucks. even better tonight. He got the start in the place of Tyrese Maxey. When Shake Milton is the go-to ball hander, when James Harden and Tyrese Maxey are taken out of the equation, I'm not saying Shake Milton's 
should get more minutes when those guys are playing. He shouldn't. I think his role as a 15-minute-a-game guy, guy at best is what we want from Shake. But when those guys are out, I'm okay with giving Shake the ball because what it produces is a 27-point, very efficient outing from Shake that allowed us to stay in this game, make a bit of a comeback. He was a big part of our offensive attack tonight. And... Yeah, I think starting him was the right move. I thought they were going to go with Thibel because he started a few games back. But thankfully, they went with Shake, and I think it worked out pretty well. Once again, I'm not the biggest Shake guy, but when both of our league guys are missing, he's the next guy up. He's the be- He probably is the third best scoring guard on this team. I would give it to him over Melton, who also had a good game. 19 points for him, 6 assists. And what I like to see from Melton, 5 steals and a block. So 6 stocks, if you want to put it that way. I love what I'm seeing from him all season. He is indeed, as I've said before, that dog, that pit bull that we needed on defense. This man was doing it all out there. He blocked Carl Anthony Towns' three-point attempt late down the stretch that really created some momentum, led to Embiid's uh, big three-pointer a couple moments later that uh, really brought us back into the game. Of course, we wind up losing 112-109, and you know Melton was went up for a layup with, a, I guess it was around a minute left, and... I thought he got fouled, but they didn't call a foul. He missed, and then Minnesota round up recovering the ball. We had to foul them, and they make their free throws. They win by three, but I was really impressed with the Melton Milton. The Melton and Milton backcourt. That's a tongue twister for sure. Daniel House Jr. as well got the start once again for Tobias in this game, and he played 39 minutes, which is a little excessive. I definitely agree, or I definitely think that's a bit excessive for Daniel House, but I'll give him credit here. I've been a little critical of him as well. I think something he does very well is cutting to the basket. And he's one of those guys, out of, I was talking about Joel's passing uh, out of double teams. I think Daniel House has been one of the guys who's helped them the most there. Uh, I think he has a real knack for that. He's, he get, he likes cutting around the defense, getting some wide open dunks under the rim. Shake Milton did a good job of that in this in the game against Minnesota as well. So two guys I've been critical of, House and Milton. Kind of showed out in the starting lineup for us tonight, and I'll I'll take the effort. I think that in this game against Minnesota, although they came out on the losing side, once again, I think I'm 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 happy with how they played. I I think that when you're down those guys, I think the effort the Sixers put in the second half left me really encouraged. Now, I don't really know what Doc Rivers was doing on the play he drew up uh, to try and tie the game, where it was kind of just a fade around uh, to the corner. Uh, the left corner where George and Yang kind of just had to chuck up a three. I don't know if that was what the play was supposed to be, but if it was what the play was supposed to be, Doc Rivers needs to draw up some new plays. So I'm going to hope that Minnesota disrupted that play there. The only other thing I'll say about Doc, I can't complain too much, but I will say Paul Reed and Montrose Harrell should never be on the court together. I, I understand we're shorthanded. I understand a lot of guys are injured. We're even missing Furkan and Jaden Springer right now. So our bench is pretty limited. However... You can't play those two guys at once. Neither of them have any perimeter skills. I understand Paul Reed's only about 6'9", six, six, but to me, those guys can't play together because both of them can only play in the low post offensively, and Montrez is pretty limited defensively as well. So I don't really like the idea of playing both of them. I would have cut one of them out and given Thibel, although he hasn't been doing much, I would have given Thibel more than 5 minutes. We could have got Thibel to 10 minutes if it meant having a stable backup center rotation. So... That's what I'll say about this Sixers performance against Minnesota. From a Minnesota angle, this team a lot, there's been a lot of fanfare. A lot of people have talked about how dysfunctional they've looked. I thought they looked 
a lot better than they have in the first half against us, but then the wheels started to come off once again in that second half. You know, in the first half, Carl Anthony Towns and Rudy Gobert were able to use their size uh, to their advantage. Rudy Gobert, Rudy Gobert was catching some lobs. He was contesting some shots at the rim, but ultimately, come the second half, you know, I mentioned Melton blocked Carl Anthony Towns at a crucial moment. That was only one of many plays against Towns because he only shot 5 of 14 from the field, and you could really feel... Um, his lack of lack of success in the second half. I th- I every time he shot, I was like, I don't know if that's going in. And more often than not, in that second half especially, he wasn't showing up for them. Anthony Edwards wound up with twenty five points. He made all nine of his free throws, but the uh, the defensive intensity that uh, uh, both DeAnthony Melton and also at times Shake Milton even brought, I thought was able to limit Anthony Edwards really well in this game. And so, I think this was a quality weekend for this Sixers team. I'm interested to see what they do with it from here uh, because they're in a weird spot. When you're down three key players like that, including two all-star caliber players, it's going to be hard to make do. But I don't know. I think the the Philly fans got got their money's worth with the team this week. We beat a really good team in the Bucks, and I, I, the Wolves aren't that good. It sucks to lose to them. And we definitely could have done a few things differently in this game that could have led us to winning. But at the same time, I, I was really happy with how they played in the second half. So I don't want to be too critical. I want to I want to be try to be as positive as I can because I have a feeling as this season goes along, I might have to get a little more negative, especially with our coach. But for now, I'm going to try and be positive. I'm going to leave it at that. Good weekend at home for the Sixers. I'm excited to see what they do from here. So thank you guys for listening tonight. Make sure to follow Trust the Podcast on Spotify or Apple if you aren't already. And other than that, Thanks for listening. Have a great rest of your night. Go Sixers.